Here oh, yeah. we go. <laughs> oh yeah. Again. Oh what is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the neon belly podcast we are your hosts nate john brandon and boys today we are going to recap ufc petty and discuss what the main event result means for the future of the heavyweight division also have to discuss the future of the women's flyweight division as it pertains to the co-main event Uh, then in honor of the nfl season kicking off this week we are doing probably one of my new favorite things that we do every year, and that is our NFL times UFC crossover rosters. Uh, we take UFC fighters, put them in football positions based off different attributes. We'll explain it more then. And finally, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more, including the sale, well, partial sale, I guess it is, uh, of PFL to Saudi Arabia, what that could mean for the future of that promotion and mixed martial arts, really, as it pertains mm-hmm. to that. I mean, that's that's pretty massive, but we'll talk about it in our news. All that and more, but first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 149 of the Neon Belly Podcast. Doing good. You guys ever been to a, like, you ever heard of a splash pad? Yeah. That that is? Like, uh... Yeah, I feel like I've heard that term kinda, before. Kind of like a water park, but a little bit smaller size and like a okay, you know, like like it, fountains. Yeah, kind of, but like yeah, <laughs> but, but a bunch of them. Just spent like three hours out in one of those. So all that's, right, yeah. Did you get wet? Uh, not so much, but definitely very tired. How would you rate it? Your experience? Oh, geez. I mean, you're just ch- chasing a two and a half year old around the entire time. So like, <laughs> just yeah. getting unnecessarily wet. <laughs> yeah, and it's hot, and I don't do well in the sun, so I'd rate it at like a seven. Dang, that's pretty high. That's fair enough. Where did you go to said? Splash in Lafayette Park. It's like two seconds away from, or sorry, not Lafayette Park. Um, Lafayette. It's like two oh, seconds okay. away from. Uh, just say I've never. Yeah, no, it's two seconds away from that Chick Fil A. <laughs> You're just in somebody's yard, man. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine people not from this area not caring at all about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I left. Do you ever get that weird feeling? Like I feel like I didn't say something in the intro. I've only done it 149 times. I feel like I left something out. Mm, I don't. In the know. intro, it seems like we got through that really quick. Yeah. That'll be one for later. I'll have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> uh, boys, as mentioned, uh, they're off the top. Lots to talk about um, with this past week's fights. Um, and then, obviously, cannot wait to get into our uh, UFC, NFL rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do, uh, this Friday, have to mention off top, the kickback. Yes, it's sir. back September 8th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um for UFC 293, uh, you know, getting ready, I kind of talked to you guys about it. You know, getting ready for this is – this card is rough. I mean, yeah. if, we're, if we're being honest, um, you know, you, you had last week in Singapore, uh, this week in Paris, two really good cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at UFC 293, and uh, which we can talk more about this, I guess, a little bit on Friday. But for a card that has one of the biggest – Stars in the sport on it, atop of it. Mm-hmm. Um, even that fight alone, not yeah, really. Well, if you take that not fight really off, moving the needle around the world. If you take that fight off, it's like a uh, fight night. You do, you, do you think that throws into question his star power? No, 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 no. Actually, no. I think if anything, it says more that they did not cancel this pay per view and that they trust enough in his name that it can carry it. It is in Sydney for Izzy, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's big enough in itself. Um, but I say all that to say. Um, that's just on paper, man. You know, there's always things in, in situations and, and we've seen it. We talk about it all the time is the fights have to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then on paper though, it's not strong, but 
<laughs> you never know when the fights yeah. play out. And, you know, getting some prep work in, there is some things to talk about, some interesting stuff. So I understand it may not be the funnest uh, pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and it might not be moving the needle. But if you do support this podcast, please, this Friday, if you have the time, come drop in over on the MMA Underground on YouTube. Um, like I said, starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard, we'll get the whole main card previewed, ready to go. Um, and I feel like more than ever this week, though, we just got to have fun with it. Yeah, bring the but, questions, <laughs> yeah. uh, bring the hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah, I think we just have to have fun, have a good time. Um, and usually when that happens, stuff gets weird. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that <laughs> that's that the that best is. time. Yeah, man. absolutely. So this Friday, make sure you come back, uh, or c- head over to the MMA underground, uh, Brandon rate, sub, follow, let the people know. Rate, sub, follow every week, guys. We're asking you to do this so you can catch us on our social media. We're on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. We're also on, um, did I say YouTube? Yes. Okay. You can also catch us. You just did it. I did it in the intro. Now you just did it. (laughs) You can also catch us on um, Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a written review as well as five stars. We're also on Spotify. And are we still Podbean or no? Is that a thing? That, yeah. that is where these get up. We upload. That's like our platform. Okay. Yeah. Well, it doesn't anyway. matter. I mean, there's not very many people who's catching there. All right. There, yeah. But if you're there, give us we're a here. follow. Give us give us likes. Give us comments. Give us shout outs. You can follow us at Neon Belly Pod. Absolutely, boys. Uh, rare uh, Saturday night episode for us. Late, late Saturday. Well, not super late. I say late. Late yeah. for me. Late when you work a full-time job, I'll put it that way. Late, late Saturday. Late. Last week was a mid-Saturday. Late for late for a dad like Brandon, right? Mm, I'm about half asleep. So. Yeah, yeah. So hang in there. We're going to get through this. Lots to talk about, but with the holiday weekend, this just made the most sense. Uh, but I feel like every time we do these episodes, it's a lot of stumbling and fumbling and rumbling. Uh, but let's get to it, boys. UFC Paris this past Saturday. Um, and let me first say, these Paris crowds may be the best in MMA right now, may have leaped over every other country in terms of just fan base, fandom. Again, I, I say it a lot, but you know, as a European soccer fan, right, this is why I this is one of the reasons I love European football or mm-hmm. soccer, as we call it, uh, because of these chants and these wild, crazy crowds. And it does happen sometimes in the UK, but man, it just has not missed here in Paris. Um, yeah. And I find it to be actually a little, I thought about this today, I find it to be pretty fascinating uh, for a country who, when you think about it, historically in the sport, doesn't have a huge history in terms of top-level fighters, right, to really mm-hmm. root for. Uh, you would think uh, for a sport to kind of grow in a country, right, you would need some type of a fighting face, so to speak, kind of much like Ireland with Conor McGregor, right? We didn't right. really get those big Ireland cards until Conor came along. Um, but man... It is interesting when you think about that. Like, I, so I watched the entire prelims. Yeah. So and I noticed every single yeah. fighter that repped for and right, they were going nuts. Yeah. So obviously that speaks to the passion of the fans, yeah. like you're saying. But do you think that it also speaks to perhaps how educated there are? Because something I was thinking about was like in America, and yeah. maybe it's because there's way more American fighters, but we don't get that same pop from just American fighters showing up on a prelim, right? It, it, could, it could be that, because we did see a bit of it in Singapore, and Singapore has been a pretty good crowd. Utah. U, yeah, Utah was pretty crazy. <laughs> Salt Lake came Well, okay, it. but even Utah, right, as, as it relates to the United right. States, the interesting thing, and what I was going to get to with like Paris and Singapore, is I think the UFC doesn't come a whole lot, right? So mm-hmm. there isn't that exposure, or there. there there's exposure to the sport, but in terms of live mixed right. and then at the biggest level. So I think when these people get it, it just means more as opposed to, I feel like in Vegas, you know, um, how do I explain this in Vegas? You're not really getting a local crowd, right? Like right. Utah, you're like most people at Salt Lake, Utah or in Utah are from Utah, probably right. coming to the UFC. 
obviously most people at the Paris card are from France, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then in Vegas, it's like a melting pot, right? Right. You get a lot of celebrities, just a lot of rich people that just want to show up and say that they're there. Like, um, so I do wonder if that plays in a little bit at times. I do think they're a very educated fan Mm -hmm. base, but even like, again, back to the soccer, soccer culture a bit is like, even like every time a guy's landing a knee and they're doing the, Oh, you know, like that's a very big soccer (laughs) thing, you know, when a team's up by a bunch and you're just kicking the ball. I mean, Mm -hmm. Love it. So you I know, it just kind of reminds me of when one first came over here too, though. Yeah, where that was crazy. It's like a whole different fan base. Well, again, but yeah, because that happened in Denver, Colorado. Right. But again, that was like a whole United States fan base. Uh, kind of like coming together for one who has never been in America, right? right? So it's kind of like that just going the other way, I think Mm -hmm. is what it is. But I'm here for a France card. Um, I think at least they need to be going once, if not twice a year uh, in in whatever. I don't care who's on the card. that Brazil card coming up, you guys got to step it up because France is uh, coming with it. Uh, yeah, but even not having a face, right? Like that is changing, and especially mm-hmm. with some of the talent on this card. Um, and that is a perfect transition into our main event as Sadio Gan defeats Sergey Spivak via second round TKO. Uh, this was just an absolute striking masterclass by Bon Gamin. Uh, I said last week, you know, fighting in France seems to bring out the best of Mm -hmm. Surreal Gone. Um, And I think that's exactly what we saw here. His best performance to date, in my opinion, which before this, it was the Taitu Ivasa fight, which again was in France. Um, So there's something to that. Uh, But we saw, you know, Surreal coming out, really investing in the body early Mm -hmm. in round one and was just nowhere to be found when Spivak was closing the distance to try to get to that clinch position or those takedowns. Um, The footwork here was just beautiful i mean dude he was literally almost standing behind spivak at times before (laughs) spivak even like looked up from his shell you know just picked spivak apart um and i thought even in between rounds and rounds one and two uh spivak already hanging his head in the corner he looked defeated uh like a man that was just ready to be done at that point really Mm -hmm. i just think he knew i really think he knew what was or what was happening um and then in round two gone turn it up to even another level all the way to the finish he's now back in the wind column after what was probably his worst UFC performance last time out against John Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and he deserves so much credit for turning that ship around just one fight later, um, which again, I think was his best to date. Yeah, I think that he said he brought in a judo expert to help him for the trips and stuff. The one time that Spivak was able to get to a leg, he just jumped out of it, mm-hmm. uh, turned the corner, then he threw a knee. And that's what I felt like that was the downfall of everything. Because then, you know, Sergey was trying to keep a high guard. So, you know, um, Gon wasn't able to land a lot of stuff to the head. Started working that body. The hands come down. He started, you know, throwing some good shots. And then toward the end, it just seemed like Spivak was just ready for it to be over. He's like, just do land one yeah. more so I can fall. Because he was just keeping his hands up, but he was wincing before the shots yeah. came to his body. Uh, he might have broke a rib even, I would imagine. Yeah, I saw that, like, indentation. or like, yeah. He had, like, something on his side from those body shots. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, so I think this fight meant a lot for Surreal just in this sense that Ngannou took him down quite a few times. That was kind of a talking sure. point when he fought Jones. And then Jones went out and did what he did. So... To take this fight against Spivak, I think, meant a lot for Surreal because it was against a wrestler. And then, yeah, there was only one takedown attempt um, by by uh, Spivak. 
But the fact that he was able to stuff it the way he did, because mm-hmm. he flat out sprawled and was able to really get his hips down. And then again, he made a, he, I think I wondered right after it happened, because you talked about that knee, if, if there was part of the game plan was, okay, when there are these clinches or these take on attempts, we're going to really make him pay on you the exits him, and, yeah. and not give him any space. Because one of his problems, I think with Jones, eh, I think it's part of just real's game too, is he's not always super aggressive off, off jump. He likes mm-hmm. a lot of space and a lot of kind of build up. And maybe against a Jones or against a big wrestler like that, maybe that's something he has to change, just get in his face early and take away that space. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that sprawl, man, because, you know, uh, you, you, you do see guys, you know, somebody will get in deep on a, a double leg, and then one guy will sprawl back out. They'll get down on their knees. And some guys at the highest level can even still work up a wrestle up from that position, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of like turtle position there. But, man, when when Surreal gone, like, completely sprawled his hips out, I mean, Spivak was like almost went flat. Mm-hmm. You can just tell those are some heavy, heavy hips, Then he hit man. that go behind, then he hit that knee to the body. Yeah, man. just it, some really, really good grappling. Um, and in terms of, you know, other challenges, we can kind of tie this in and, and kind of what's next. You know, we know Tom Aspinall obviously was in the crowd after his last fight. He said he was going to be in the crowd. He wanted the winner of this fight. They did ask Surreal Gone about it. after. Again, we are recording this uh, not long after the fight, so I don't know if there's anything that's been right. said post-fight. Um, I have no idea. So we're just speaking as if what we saw right after the fight. Uh, Gone basically said it's whatever, whoever type thing. Um, I after seeing this with Spivak, I actually love the idea of seeing that fight, especially after what we just saw. Um, but it does still beg the question of what to do with Sergey Pavlovich, right? Because mm-hmm. that guy's still number one. I mean, yeah. there, you just so it's I, I, it is a weird situation where I do like the matchup of Gone and Aspinall, and I guess kind of tying it into what we're saying because we did see. I would say at least an improved surreal gone in that mm-hmm. area. But um, I still think somebody like a Tom Aspinall, a gelatin Almeida who can do a little bit more on the feet and match the footwork will have success mm-hmm. in the grappling department because it's so tough to make those gains, especially for guys like Al- Almeida and Aspinall. Aspinall has been doing it since he was a kid. You know right. what I mean? And, um, but I guess at the least, Surreal Gone maybe bought himself a little bit more time to continue working with the Judoku guy that he said he brought in. So. Right. Well, and there's a there's an element to this where we don't know how the future is going to play out after 295, right? Because if Jones wins and retires, the belt will be up. You know, have Pavlovich there, but they'll need somebody else for mm-hmm. you know the vacant title. And to me, it seemed like Surreal was kind of saying. I'm going for the championship. He didn't necessarily say like, oh yeah, let me fight Tom Aspinall. He wants the belt. So it seemed like he's like posturing for, Hey, if something happens, because they both could retire, whoever wins in that, in that title fight. Yeah. I actually wrote that down in my notes. That's a good point is we may see no matter what happens exactly, you know, Jones and Stipe, that could be it. So we could be looking at a vacant title situation, which again, you can't really just overlook Sergey Pavlovich and just throw Aspinall and gone in right that, no so. but but if you're gone you're probably thinking oh I'd rather strike I mean as dangerous as it is I'd rather go with a striker yeah. than a guy who definitely has an edge on me in the wrestling so Pavlovich is is he back up for for Jones Stipe yeah, yeah that's in the news yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get oh, to that well I'm, I was gonna just brought that up because I feel like that's yeah, an implication as far as like what could happen because yeah. he's, he's got that coming up and then let's say that the fight goes through then I think you know, even if they both retire, yeah. why can't we do? Because do they get paid or compensation for that? I, I think they get, I would assume they get something a little, for showing up. A little up. something. Yeah. So then, you know, maybe if there's enough time, it probably would be you could do like a little number one contender to fight 
Spivak. Well, yeah. but you bring up a good point, and, and I think that's we actually should have brought up the, the Pavlovich backup fighter thing because we have seen this new era where that does guarantee you a title shot. And if, theoretically, John Jones and or Steve Hay walk away after this fight, whoever wins the belt, if the title is vacant, Pavlovich 100% plays into mm-hmm. one's half of the title picture after that. Right. Um, so then you either, you're now you're looking at a situation, I think, where you have to pick between Gone or Aspinall to take that fight. Um, or they could face each other. I, I, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's such a weird, weird, interesting thing because you literally have two guys, Tom Aspinall, Aspinall, who just dominated and said absolutely nothing about Pavlovich, and then Cyril Gan, who just dominated and said absolutely yeah. nothing about Pavlovich. Uh, you're seeing a trend here, right? Nobody wants to fight this guy for good reason, including John Jones, right. who admitted as much this past week in an interview. So yeah. it's a scary fight. I get it, but like the, we can't just act like it's a great fight, Aspinall and Gan, but we yeah. can't act like the guy doesn't exist. Yeah, you know? and and it could be a thing where. You know, like I said, Gon might be saying, hey, let me play the long game a little bit here because there might be way greener pastures past this 295 fight. And if you're, you know, why risk it with Aspinall, you know, later this year or early next year if you can hold out for, you know, a spring-summer title fight against Pavlovich. But there's still just so much in the air that we don't know that, you know, it is a risky game still. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask something more. I wanted I wanted to ask something more about the uh, – the gone stuff with 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 Aspinall because I thought it was I just think that's an intriguing matchup mm-hmm. um, in terms of the, um, the the matchup there. Oh, that's what it was. I think you know with uh, even beating a guy like Spivak is one thing. Uh, getting back to gone, kind of a knock, I guess. Is when you look at the two um, guys that have. Uh, he's beat now back to back with Tuivasa and Spivak because they're kind of specialists, right? They're mm-hmm. singular, singular skill set guys, essentially. Right. Like both super dangerous for what they do, but I think for a guy like Gone, it's just easier to go in when you're only having to worry about one thing and think about one thing as opposed to like, again, Nganu, who took him down a bunch of times, maybe shocked him a little, or, you know, threw him mm-hmm. off there, but even like a John Jones is well-rounded. So that's kind of just more what I was meaning by I still think, even though we saw an improved takedown defense, I still think guys like Almeida and Aspinall will be challenges, mm-hmm. a little For bit sure. more challenging. Yeah. Um, next fight, boys, in our co-main event, Manon Fjord defeats Rose Namajunas via unanimous decision. Uh, just a great performance by Fjord here. Again, another great performance by a French fighter. Um, and honestly, was about what I thought it would be, kind of just a highly technical battle. Not much between them in terms of that, um, but then the strength and physicality being the difference for Manon Fjord. Um, and I think that kind of held true. It is worth mentioning, it did look like Rose dislocated her pinky in round one. Um, not sure how much that could have affected her. She definitely wasn't throwing that hand as much, So, it, and she did say something in between rounds mm-hmm. about it. Um, but just, man, what a huge win for Manon Fjord, and a great name now to have on her record as well yeah yeah when i was tweeting about it and i got a lot of backlash um because i was just asking about the performance and what people thought and it was a bunch of a couple of people somebody actually replied to me i had a little bit of a back and forth but it was basically saying that well manon was on her bike in the third round and she just beat up a straw weight and just kind of how it wasn't very impressive to them but i feel like you're kind of forgetting what rose has done throughout her whole career against some of the best fighters in the world well, I mean, they both weighed in at 125 right. pounds. So, so I, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird because some of it was a backlash of 
because I posed it as a question for what could be next. But um, I just seen a lot of people just had like some weird uh, reactions to it. But well, I've I seen a lot of people think they, that Rose got robbed. Yeah, and I'm I don't, like, I just don't understand yeah. where you, what fight you were watching. Yeah, people were saying she was rolling off punches and blocking them, and they weren't landing. And I was like, I just didn't see that at all. No, I seen that. You know, Thug made some good adjustments early because I thought Manung was throwing out that jab and not returning her hand. It was staying low for that karate stance and she was eating some counters. But without being able to throw that right hand, it was just straight lefts and she had to keep switching stances to land it. She had a couple like good singular counter shots, I thought, where she kind of caught her with that left hand really good a couple times. But even if you go and look at every takedown, which I, I, I could look real quick, but I think Rose was credited with let me see how many takedowns real quick they credited her with six takedown attempts mm-hmm. all six of them looked super desperate you know she yeah. got she landed zero of them and that's why you know mm-hmm. just really desperate takedowns and it's because she was getting pieced up rose rose nami Yunus is not going to shoot six times in a fight you know what i mean like right. we've never seen that out of her and, and and maybe you know i even said last week i think her best bet is moving up because we have seen her uh you know competing at adcc trials and doing you know it seems like that's been a big part of her training and maybe that's what she thought moving up she kind of go with that approach in these fights but it didn't look good here it didn't mm-hmm. work here and every time she shot i thought it looked like out of desperation because she was getting pieced up that's the only reason why rose nami Yunus is shooting right. six times in a fight yeah and, and she definitely the strength the strength levels were very different i felt like especially up so against the cage to, man. man well i think that's more of credit to minone just being big for the weight class like i yeah, think, I think rose looked good at that weight i don't think she looked undersized i think Minone yeah. just big and also i noticed i felt like within the first two minutes you could see the redness on rose's face start mm. to really yeah. be visible so mm-hmm. i mean that to me even before the pinky yeah so people yeah. talking about her rolling i don't i don't see i think i see that i think she was just getting tagged right and we kind of discussed it last week you know what sh- about who should be next now for the women's flyweight title you know we alexa grasso and valentina shevchenko are rematching in two weeks for the title um and in terms of of it now, you know, I kind of feel like it is up in the air now. You know, mm-hmm. Aaron Blanchfield had a big win last week, as we talked about. Fior gets one here, but I don't think performance-wise, I see one over the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good, decent performances. You know, I don't know if you guys feel differently. Like, one deserves one over the other if you base it on the performance alone. Um, I personally feel like, though, facing them off against each other makes the most sense at this point. I think that's fine, but I do think Benone was a lot more... In dominant, I sure. should say, in her yeah, performance than, than Blanchard. But I just didn't see anything that, like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough because it, it was a good win, right? But I, I don't know, man. It just, I, I really wanted, and I, we talked about it last week, but I really wanted Rose or Manone to go out and just put a stamp on mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, because Blanchfield kind of left the door open for yeah. it with, with kind of a, I, you know, she kind of got away with one a little. I mean, it, well, she won the, the same, fight. But, but at the same time, look at um, Shevchenko when she fought her. Like, that was a really close fight as well. When she fought Santos? Yeah. Tyler? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, like, it's, it's, like, that well, was a really well, close Well, I think it's the, the method, though. Because I, the one thing, I, the reason I got that pushback is because I said basically, you know, did Manone do enough here? Was she more impressive than what Blanchfield did? Because to me, Blanchfield was a lot of cage work, a lot of control mm-hmm. time there. And I felt like Manone, especially in that third, there was, she was trying to let off some stuff. She was yeah. constantly trying to get like head stuff, but Rose isn't easy to hit either. No. And I don't know, per, for preference, you know, throwing strikes and going for stuff does a little bit more for me than control time on the cage. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I get that, but at the same time, when Santos fight, fought Shevchenko, she had Shevchenko in a lot of really tough spots. And mm-hmm. so like I think the fact that Blanchfield had such a close fight with her just is another testament to where those two are at when you compare um, 
Does that, does that make sense what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, but Rose is a former champion too. Like, I mean, I, I, I completely understand she, you know, there is the parody. She did come up. This isn't her mm-hmm. weight class. It was her first fight ever. Um, but she is a former champion. And like I said, technically there was nothing between them. You know, Rose just she did kind of just get a little bit pushed around at times or just, you know, especially on some of those takes. Like Fiora just hadn't like one time she slipped. I remember one of them and Rose just jumped on her, like should have had her dead to rights if you were just kind of tossed her she off. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it is kind of hard if you're weighing the opposition. I could see the argument. I guess my thing is the only argument I would have against, because I, I prefer a number one contender match, but the only way I could be swayed off of, off of it and, and kind of playing devil's advocate with myself a bit is. I would hate to see Fiora Blanchfield kill the other off right now. Like, if they're going to fight, I'd rather it be for a title. Mm-hmm. You know, I would rather one of them fight for it. And then, but if Fiora fights next for it, Blanchfield's going to have to fight again. And that's a risk as well. Right. But so I do, because this is the first time, you know, Shevchenko losing completely opened this division all the way up, right? Yeah. And now, you know, besides Grasso, obviously Shevchenko's still here. You know, now we have Fior. We also have Blanchfield. It's like, man, this division's coming alive. So I would hate to see one of Blanchfield or Fior have to kind of kill the mm-hmm. other one off because it's like, no, we need as many as possible because when one loses, we need another one to fill right back in. So right. um, well, I don't know. It just... It, it, I, I just still feel like the number one makes And there might sense. not be a choice because if Shevchenko wins this next fight, they very easily could do a trilogy because no, of no, Grosso no, having the no, win. No, 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 no. Not for never defending the title. Grosso's ne- if if Shevchenko beats Grosso, she's never defended the title. That that they never do that. I mean, they did Figgy and Brandon how many times? <laughs> but that's because there was two fighters in that division that were even close. Well, I'm just saying they, it, You've it does got happen, four but now. it does happen. But there's, but it's completely Alex, different. Alex did it with Izzy. It's completely different. No, it's not. The Alex and Izzy. Yeah, because Alex are because well, first off, there was the history before okay. the MMA, and then the way he knocked him out was just insane. Who's ever done that to Valentina? Choked her out like that. I, I guess I, I'm saying. What are you saying? I'm saying that the the situation between Izzy and Alex is very similar to Garasso and Shevchenko as far as getting immediate rematches. Izzy to move defended around. the title like a whole bunch of times. Of course, he was going to get an immediate title match. But I'm saying Alex that the whole situation of doing the quick turnover is right there. That makes no sense. What are you saying? I'm saying that that's the match to make. If if Shevchenko wins, yeah. There's not no yes, John. That makes no the re the the, the example you're setting is Alex beat Izzy mm-hmm. and then Izzy got an immediate rematch. Right. Garasso beat Shevchenko. Right. Shevchenko's getting her rematch. If Shevchenko beats Garasso, you don't give Garasso a rematch. She never defended the title. I still think she gets Shevchenko's a getting a rematch just like Izzy did because she was a linear like how many time champion. Right. So your example makes no sense at all. I still think they would do the trilogy fight. They, they will not do the trilogy <laughs> fight for somebody that beat a great win, huge win, but it makes no sense. It does make sense. <laughs> no, it, did Raquel Pennington get Amanda Nunes? Did she beat Amanda Nunes? Yeah. When? That's what I'm, for the belt? Or not Raquel Pennington, sorry. Juliana. Uh, Pena, sorry. She would have, but she got injured. That's when Aldina stepped in. Oh yeah, she did step in. You're right about that. But again, that's another division where there's just no, there was no contenders. You've literally got four. It makes no sense to do it again. I think they'll do it again. <laughs> you want to bet on it? Uh, you almost lost your truck to DDP. So try <laughs> me again. Give me. I want something else. I want something from you this time. Uh, but also for Rose, I think we do need to talk about. You know, this wasn't necessarily a horrible performance by any means, especially if you factor in the injury. 
maybe how much that could have affected. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys think maybe give one more shot in this division or you see it maybe not really being her division? Does this maybe show she can't hang with the top of the division? And if you can't win the title or not able to physically be around in this division, then what is the point? And then should she return to 15? I don't know. I, I've always said I think Rose is very mentally based. I think she's a very big in terms of the mental game. And I think, like one of you said, she looked really nervous prior to this fight. Yeah, she I had, did. I she, thought she... she Go ahead. No, it just like the exact moment was when Bruce Buffer like started introducing her, maybe right before he said her name. She yeah. just took in like a real mm. like nervous labored breath. Like and I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, she's <laughs> talked about, you know, like the weight of carrying the title, and then she had that kind of layoff after she lost to um oh geez, who'd she just lose to in that really boring fight? It was Carlos like, Esparza. Oh, yes, Esparza. Esparza. Took the time off. She grappled a lot. She had some okay matches in grappling, and then you have this match where she kind of gets worked. I mean, I don't know, man. I think I think she's got a lot of questions she's got to answer. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I didn't know, and I seen it on Twitter, and I was like, oh gosh, I didn't even think about this, is the split from Whitman. Yeah, that's mm. that's a good point. She I, went to I a different. I think she went to ATT because um, somebody said she was helping coach at a jujitsu tournament yeah. or something for ATT. But there was no Whitman in this time. It's just Pat Barry and whatever camp they put together there. Yeah. So I wonder what you know what change that might be. Whether it is just a new camp or just not having that voice of Whitman in your corner sure. that kind of got her to this point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Yeah, that would be a good question. I, I don't know. I I have seen that now that you say that. I did remember seeing that and. I didn't even notice it at first, which was kind of odd. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that would be an interesting... I don't know, man. It's been a while since she's fought. I mean, it's been... Yeah, over... A, like, well, what was it, a year? What did we say? Well, she year? thought about retiring, too, yeah, man. Yeah, she did. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I'd like to see her give it one more shot, because I did say last week, I think she can still compete here. I just think sometimes you just need to get a feel for it, man. Maybe give her a little bit more time to get her body, um, you know, maybe a little bit more muscle, a little bit more strength and stuff maybe like even that just as used well. to Maybe just used to also to just grappling sparring fighting with people of yeah. that size i mean i don't know somebody uh suggested for her to fight like uh an, um, like amanda heba somebody who was also a former straw sure. weight who's come up yeah just to kind of get a better gauge of that yeah just get a feel for the weight yeah um also before we move to the next fight john carlos Sparta is another one beat rose lost away lee did not get a title rematch because there's three or four other champions at 115 pounds just thought i'd throw that it's out it's not there. as comparable it's she, why is that not comparable because she didn't some she didn't finish a champion you can, draw, you can draw izzy and, and alex but you can't draw this comparison it's not the same man <laughs> i cannot wait to see it i can't wait to see it john's always right in our next fight boys i'm excited for this one benoit saint denis Defeats Chiago Moisais via second round TKO. And boys, the god of war has arrived. Uh, just a sensationally fun performance here against mm -hmm. a guy in Moisais um, who has been in the cage with high-level lightweights, right? Including the current champ, Islam Akhachev himself. Um, so for, you know, uh, very violent as well, I thought, from Benoit Saint-Denis. The elbows is something that really stood out to me um, and just something to kind of tuck away as a you know, for his next fight as I'm thinking about who to pick and kind of scouting him a little bit, you know, and not just on the ground, but on the feet as well, mm -hmm. man. He was literally like throwing him like combos and part of his combos, just very looking to Tony, cut him up. Tony Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Um, I thought the impress, uh, the, the wrestling was a bit impressive as well. Not something we're typically used to seeing from him. The top pressure was really good. He did a good job controlling Moisais who, you know, was kind of looking to Granby roll and stuff different, trying to get on legs and different things like that. And man, you know, Really, in the end, I told you guys, 
broke a guy in Moise Ice who I don't know that we've ever seen broken, really, mm-hmm. to be honest. He's so tough. And, I mean, he was hanging around. But, I mean, St. Denis just kind of took his will there a little bit by the end, I thought. Yeah. I mean, what more do you say? And there, one of those leg and tangle ones was actually really close, at least it, it seemed like. The, the knee bar. The knee bar, yeah, yeah. was actually really close. But I didn't know this guy was in the Special Forces either. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. I'd love to know a little bit more on it's that. It's like uh, what's the dude from Brazil, Paulo Tiago. Yeah, Paulo Tiago. Where it's like, Shout oh, out dude, to your SWAT team. Brandon, do you know who Paulo Tiago is? Nope. Yeah, that's before yeah. your time, son. Uh, Look yeah. him up. I love the post fight too, man. He he's very fired up, and oh, he's yeah. another one that can be one of those faces of France, man. Do you think that's part of what drove the? I mean, how much of that I should say because it was obviously part of it. How much of him being in France do you think drove the performance to be what it was? There versus like this is just the guy. I mean, again, he's another guy that looked good last time they were in France. I mean, continues. Mm-hmm. It's tough though, man. Four straight wins for him, though. Um, so, you know, I, I think environment helps a little bit in that case, but it's not like he's not performing everywhere he goes mm-hmm. right now. Um, I said last week, you know, uh, John, did you have anything else on the fight? I was just going to say uh, one thing I thought was hilarious was he was one of those guys that every single strike he landed, the crowd's, hey, yeah. hey. And I was like, and if the judges can't keep counting the strikes, yeah. all you have to do is count the haze. Because <laughs> yeah. everything he landed, they were going crazy, especially in that third. No, I agree. And I said last week, you know, I, a top 15 ranking could be on the line in this one. Um, and I think given the performance, he could be deserving of that for sure. Um, especially when you look at the rankings and you see like a RDA still sitting inside there who – Hasn't won an actual lightweight fight. I looked this up since 2020. Mm. Yeah, he's still ranked inside. Uh, he did have the one win over Moicano, but that was a catchweight fight, so not technically a lightweight fight. Um, so you'd have to go back to 2020 for his last lightweight oh, victory. Lightweight win. I was thinking of Barbarina, but then I remember. That was welterweight, yeah, welterweight, yeah. So he's still ranked, so I think you could afford to remove all RDA there and, and yeah, slide. Bonfim and Moisés is a, is a huge one, you know, last Dude, two fights and, and finishes. And think about Bonfim. I've seen about this, the hype that he came into that yeah. fight, and Benoit Saint-Denis said, not today, son, yeah. not through me. Four Four finishes, sub KO, sub KO, man. He's a. But I think even if not a ranking, I think Saint Denis 100% at least deserves a top 15 talent next time out. And I found this to be really interesting. Uh, And, and, uh, we'll, look, I'll get to it uh, because when you're looking at the lightweight division, the top 15 is wide open. Uh, if you're uh, trying to get into those rankings, um, we are talking one through fifteen out of so ranked people ranked one through fifteen in the lightweight division. Right now, boys, just three are booked. Oliveira and Faizev and Gamrod are scheduled to face off at the end of the month. Um, I couldn't believe that. You know, there yeah. is possibly a whole discussion to be had there on why this lightweight division is not being booked. Uh, but in terms of this fight. Um, you know, I think a fight between Saint Denis and Matt Frivola would be extremely exciting. You know, the yeah. biggest knock that I still have on Saint Denis right now is the striking defense. And what a better way to test than the guy <laughs> like Frivola who's gonna crack you. You right. know what I mean? Uh, he does leave his chin up a little bit, which makes me um, a little bit nervous. But yeah, Diego Fajeda would be another good one. Dude, literally, I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, not a bad Oliveira. Gamrot and Faizev are the only top 15 lightweights that are booked right now. How nuts yeah, is that? That's it's with that. that why I feel like is that, that division is taking a whole one eighty two from where but it, it was? But sh- it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. But it doesn't. Ha- why is yeah. that? It shouldn't be. I mean, I and know. here's the thing. Like, yeah, Gaethje Poirier just fought, so you know they're not going to be booked right now. You know, there is a couple of that, but. I mean, I think Armand Sarukian's still injured. I don't have. Let me pull it up. I think I have it right here. Um, 
you know, but like Chandler's on hold. You know, Grant Dawson we haven't seen in a while. Dan Hooker broke his his Dan, arm. Yeah, Dan Hooker's injured. Uh, let's see, Chandler, Dan, Benny. We haven't heard anything on Benny in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Frivola's looking for a fight. Seems like you know Jalen Turner fought kind of recent ish. Again, RDA sitting there. Why we don't know. Moicano Moicano's injured. I think Moicano was injured because he was supposed to fight somebody in this top fifteen. I don't remember. Fajeda, I think it's been a minute since we've seen Diego Fajeda. But, yeah, man, it's, like, uh, that's so weird to me. Like, this yeah. is, like, one of the best, if not the best divisions in this organization, and just nobody's booked up. Fajeda, Fajeda beat Michael Johnson back in May. I think he's probably okay. been one of the more recent guys out of the yeah, so outside I mean, the top five. There, that you and maybe reach. that's what it is. Maybe it's just I, I'm looking at a time where everybody's just kind of recently fought. But, uh Again, for a guy like Benoit Saint Denis, take your pick, son. I yeah. mean, it's uh, <laughs> you can kind of square off between any of these guys, probably that's looking for a fight. Again, I I look at Matt Favola right there at fourteen, and I think that fight just stylistically, mm-hmm. two guys that are just gonna go out and just throw. And I don't think you'd, you'd hear a lot of um, a lot of complaints from Favola to get even just no. get a fight, let alone a fight like that that can put a lot of um, when you is know, that high card two ninety five. November? Yeah, so maybe, it has to be November. Maybe I don't know, you know, Saint Denis not too beat up from that, which I don't know that he is. He didn't right. take a ton of damage. It know? is funny that he kinda bleeds in all his fights, but he doesn't necessarily he's God still in war, baby. Yeah, man, he's just uh, that dude. Again, all around good showing it's though. Either he, them or Patty. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I almost said anybody just don't say Patty because we just say Patty for everybody nowadays. And I don't even think that dude's fighting until like March of next year or something. Isn't it like they said it'll be after the first of the year. Yeah, it's not looking great. Good showing by French fighters all around on this card, though. I think other than the two French fighters who fought each other, every other French fighter won. The only one that lost had to face another French guy, and mm. he was pretty bummed. He's like, yeah, I hate to fight one. Uh, but to me, none more impressive than Morgan Charrier, which I told you guys, this kid is one to watch. I was really blown away by him, and I think he's uh, he's like a highlight reel waiting to yeah, happen. Them, them body kicks, my boy. Yeah, he was exciting and it's crazy because if you look through this card it's a lot of really good records you know like two loss one loss guys so he was one of the ones that kind of stood out as having a little bit more experience have some more losses but man they said he was a grappler at the start of the fight and i started seeing him throw those kicks and i was like uh my boy opened up the bag a little bit yeah yeah so great card again great crowd gotta love it brandon update us on our scores 12 i might have to well okay so currently i was gonna ask you for that because uh a little discrepancy in the i stand by what i say so okay, I, if we're just gonna give, I gave myself one point then because it doesn't make sense to give me two. I think two is fair. Why? Why even give me two? Why not? I, just I give mean, at me least one? you called you called it at least. Right, but as, you called it first. As long as I still get credit for picking it first, that's all. Why I mean. can't we both get three? Because you weren't here. Okay. Recreationally, as and well. I but I sent you my pick and you didn't <laughs> say anything. This is starting to dive into pit gate though, because it's like yeah. And here's the thing: I, I understand. Yeah, it wasn't. So, here. so let's explain. Hang on, so hang on, hang on. Well, we gotta explain. People oh, okay, don't even know okay. what we're talking Go ahead. about. Go ahead. <laughs> so last week, obviously, Brandon was at a bachelor party. His choice, not mine. And he wasn't here for the picks. I picked Manon Fior by decision. Midweek, Brandon. Two day, two days later, Tuesday, not okay, midweek. Okay, I don't, I don't even remember what day. Picked Fior by decision as well. He send it in, it in the, the chat. chat. Didn't even think about it. Didn't really. I mean, I saw you'd put your picks. Didn't even yep. really notice um, what the method or thought that hey, I picked the same thing because I don't know if you know this a lot, but I do a million other things. Sure. Uh, so, uh, anyways, so now 
we're in this thing where Fior wins by decision. I think it's only fair. I was here. I actually made the pick on the show. Three points for me, two points for you. I have a question. What do you think, John? I think you didn't listen to the episode. I didn't listen Ooh. to the episode. I, absol- why, I absolutely didn't listen to the episode. Which I like it. But he obviously didn't look at a message that was sent. Well, ah, no. What's my, the difference? My only thing is you're the picks guy, though. Mm. So at the very least, you should have fast-forwarded mm. to where we did the picks. I like it. Listen to them and then made your pick off of that. So if I had, let's say I made a mistake and I, I didn't write it down correctly when I was actually here on the show, what would we do then? Go back to the tapes. Yeah. Right. So let's say that you said you picked you picked fewer by decision, and let's say I picked it too, but nobody caught it. And that then, would never happen. We've done 149 episodes. That's never happened. Let's just say it did. But it's never happened. Okay, I understand. So we don't even need to act like it. But let's say it did. What because do? I've done that. Um, How many times have I said I'll take so and so by this, and John's like, oh, I just picked that. It, we would catch it. We're three yeah. people. We're three bros, man. But let's say we didn't. But we wouldn't. Maybe you guys would have to leg wrestle for it or Rochambeau. It would never. Know. John, don't worry about it. Here's what, here's what I think. He's, I tr- think. he's trying to justify something. Here's, that, here's what we'll do. I'll take one point. because I mean, that's up to you. I'll give you two. If you want to go one, that's fine. Yeah, because here's. I think what the thing is, is Nate's terrified that he's about to lose this lead. Because I also didn't get. I, did, I, I absolutely didn't ahead. pick. Well, of course you are. Because you're not giving me points here. And then I didn't get points ahead. for. I think it, you're only like, what, eight points ahead no, right now? I'm double digits still. What's the what do you got for scores? I think we're off. No, we're not. You sent them to me last week. I reported them. I have. Let me go back to my notes. Da, 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 I think you had seventy. I think because I just broke I had, sixty. Yeah, I was exactly ten. I had seventy-four. You had sixty-four, and John had sixty. That's exactly what you said. So, me. what did you have? Seventy-four. Yes. Right, and you got how many points just now? Three this week. Yeah. So seventy-seven. Yep, and you're still 11 points behind if you give yourself two. If you want to give yourself one point, you're 12 points behind. Up to you. Take your pick. What did you say I had? 64. I had 74, and you had 64. And you add four. That gives me 68. You've got 77. It's nine points. How'd you get four? Because I got three for gone. He called gone in the second, and then he called... I thought you said Spivak. In my notes, I got gone. No, you picked Spivak. You 100% said Spivak. Hold up. (laughs) This dude's trying to cheat. This guy's <laughs> cheating. Because <laughs> I even thought, like, okay, me and Brandon both go in Spivak. Oh. No, I think he did put Gone second because I was mad because I put Gone third. Oh, and no. he got the point over me. I think this guy's cheating. What day did you send it? Tuesday. I love that we're figuring this out live. <laughs> this is a, this is our live, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gone 2KO is my pick. Let me Tuesday see. at 818. Fewer. Oh, okay. You did. Fair enough. All right. There you go. I thought you picked Spivak. That's why I thought I saw it. Of course you did. I, nobody's listening. Pick gate. Pick gate. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man. So I'll take one point. I'll give you your three. Fair. I'll mm-hmm. take four. Win, and then again, so that puts me at 68. You had 77, and John at, I don't even, 63. I think that's what you had. Yeah, I got three so, points. Yeah, 63. Oh, you called it perfect? No, I called Gone by KO, and then I called Minone to win. So I got three of those either way i'm still winning doesn't matter to me mm. it doesn't so it's matter, a long though. road if it didn't top. matter you'd give me three it's a long way <laughs> to the top if you want to rock and roll Whoa. song of the week baby the <laughs> <laughs> boys moving on here we go our nfl mma teams uh, yeah i know i should have had that keyed up that's my that's my fault uh, we did this last year. Uh, so essentially how we're going to do this is um, last year when we did this, I dug in. I, I found like essentially scouting notes. So like what 
NFL scouts are looking for from guys at each position took that and then essentially tried to translate it as it would, you know, kind of pertain to MMA. Um, you'll get the gist as we go along. Um, each of us picking, there's just six positions, three on offense, three on defense, and we will start at the quarterback position. Uh, we will start with Brandon. So in the NFL, boys, a QB needs to have a strong, what scouts are looking for, right? A strong arm, good decision-making, advanced knowledge of the game, and good hand-eye coordination. Um, and then as we kind of tie that into MMA, what we're looking for here is a strong jab or certain singular punch, high fight IQ, and good hand-eye coordination with that Brandon who is your quarterback so what stood out to me was the strong jab so my quarterback was Sean Strickland so I feel like obviously he's got a really good jab that's something you see every single time he fights um and again I'm the I'm the I have the least amount of knowledge in terms of football between the three of us but something that also stood out to me as far as a quarterback is I feel like generally quarterbacks are captains and yeah. I could see Strickland being like one of the hype guys in the locker room, just like getting on everybody and trying to get him ready to go and for like second half or something. I mean, he down. does he does kind of play that role at Extreme Couture. Like he's definitely like a captain there. He's yeah. he's definitely a leader for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Um, he does take up for guys yeah. and again for better or for yeah. worse. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's he's gonna be loyal to his so, team and his coaches and. So yeah, so that's my QB. I like it, John. Who's your quarterback? Uh, just want to specify for anybody who listened last year. You also have to have a similar physique to the position or else you get docked oh buddy we're gonna talk about that we gotta get to your you keep going i'm gonna bring that up again because right, you failed it again this i definitely year. didn't a little pop quiz i definitely didn't but let's go uh my quarterback is jamal hill uh with hill i see a lot of intangibles that you want in a quarterback he has the size the athleticism and the arm talent not just with power though he throws from angles that aren't common and allows him to get access to windows that a lot of guys don't uh, he might not have all the tools yet, but every time he's out there, he shows improvement. He has bravado to lead your team, confidence to face anyone, and took a harder road to the league when you go through the contender series. Um, he made the most out of his situation growing up, and lastly, he's just a winner. That's what he does his whole career, and even in his loss, he wouldn't quit. It took a ref to step in. Uh, still needs some big wins to separate himself from other people in the league, but he has potential to be him. For people that don't know, John last year put Francis Ngannou at his quarterback in the 175, then 170 pound champ, Kamara Usman, as his defensive lineman. So uh, could have flipped those two for a better team. Uh, for my quarterback, I'm going with the lefty. Alex Pereira, uh, you know, he kind of lacks maybe some of the experience. So this would kind of be the equivalent of starting like a rookie quarterback. Um, not like I said, not super experienced, uh, lacks maybe like to especially your guys's picks. Um, but the speed and footwork are there. Cannon of a left arm. You know, this guy's going to be launching it downfield, has the size, the strength, everything you want for the position, maybe lacks a little bit of the leadership, not an English speaker. Well, I mean, it's not his first language. He speaks it pretty good, though. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, so maybe not the leader that you're looking for at this position, uh, but we have some other people I think can fill that role as well, even though it is typically, you know, your quarterback. Um, so, yeah, mine is Alex Pereira at quarterback. Moving on to the running back, back to Brandon. So for running back, they're looking for speed, power, or balance of the two, good vision, ability to see the field block and blockers and figure out where the best path is, um, and just the ability to take a hit as well. Uh, so as we pertain that back to mixed martial arts, we're looking for good speed, power, both as well, good vision, striking defense, and good takedown defense. And with that, Brandon, who did you take at running back? So I think I have a guy who feels 
every single one of those boxes except for one, and that's Justin Gagey. I think I think he has great speed. I think he's got great power. I think he's very uh, very good. You talk about vision, so like I think back to the Tony Ferguson fight. Like he just saw everything in that entire fight. Um, he's been hit. He's got. He's obviously <laughs> gets hit here and there, but he's got a decent chin. He's been through some wars, and like I think of like running backs, Justin Gagey. I don't think is the guy who's going to be like necessarily like juking people out or trucking people. I think he's the guy who's just going to jump over you. He's like that running back who's just going to like do front flips into the end zone and like that kind of crazy stuff. He does backflips off the cage. But Justin Gaethje, man, I think he checks all those boxes. John, who you got? All right. I have Rafael Faziv. Uh, violence, violence, and more violence. Uh, Faziv runs through, has a run-through-the-wall mentality that you want in a running back. Uh, plays with a level of intensity and violence that makes most opponents try to take the pass to lethal resistance to stop him. The problem is he never takes a step back, pushes forward all the time, uh, tr- which translates to pushing forward for extra yards in the plays. And he's not all power. He has a finesse to set you up later on in the game to open up a hole to score. Um, he... He has every move in the book, and he utilizes it all. Good luck slowing him down. Every once in a while, you'll see him run into somebody who matches his physicality, and sometimes he wears down later in the game, but those are few and far between. Good luck stopping him. This was my running back last year. Good pick, John. Also, brain in line of the episode last year. Uh, I don't know if you remember, John picked Jose Aldo in this point, and then when he got the linebacker, Brandon said it's probably Jose Aldo again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I went back. I had to go back and listen uh, to make sure I didn't repeat anybody. And gosh, I loved it, Brandon. I loved it. Uh, my running back is Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, all the attributes, you know, we also lifts it above. And then some, uh, he's got, you know, the takedown defense could leave a little bit to be desired, uh, but he's been working on it. Um, and I think in the Islam fight, he displayed some excellent defense on, you know, a larger, more imposing man. So I think the durability there, the speed, the footwork, um, and just another guy. I mean, obviously the rugby background and experience doesn't hurt here either. Um, so yeah, my running back, Alexander Volkanovsky. I think Volks. Obviously, the number one pick for running back. Just a little bowling ball, man. Mm-hmm. And Gaethje beat Faziv, so my running back's better than John. So. No. <laughs> you don't know football. <laughs> I like it. I like Somebody it. In there. Uh, might have just, you might have just stole line of the episode again, Brandon. <laughs> Wide receiver, boys. We're looking for speed, agility, the ability to make sharp cuts and conserve speed, ability to catch, obviously, height and or jumping, and the ability, oh, uh, jumping ability, excuse me, and kind of a diva personality, right? That's kind of what you see at the wide receiver wide receiver position. So what we're looking for in MMA is good speed, agility, a dynamic striker, uses creative angles to strike, flashy, and again, obviously, we want a bit of that diva personality because it is so true uh, for these wide receivers. Brandon, who is your wide receiver? Israel Adesanya. So what stood out to me was diva personality, and I just feel like that's Adesanya. I feel like he fits that mold. But also, he's an extremely dynamic striker, um, very athletic. I feel like he's definitely a guy you could see at the you know the last pass of the game, Hail Mary Chuck. Um, you could see him jumping up to snag something. Um, but yeah, so Israel Adesanya. All right, I'm going with Ian Gary. Um, I think that although he's kind of like what you were saying with Alex, he's kind of more like a Garrett Wilson, like a younger guy who we haven't seen against the elite elite yet, but there's signs that he's going to be very, very good. He's quick, tall, controls distance, isn't afraid of big moments. We've seen him get popped hard and get right back at his opponents. He does have a flashy ego that you see in some of the all-time greats, but he also backs it up with his abilities. He loves theatrics and thrives on creating viral moments like a Chad Johnson or somebody like that. 
Um, and because sometimes he does only look for the big plays, it can hinder his production. But he's one of the best playmakers, and it hasn't cost him a game yet. Um, like Hill, he's very much a winner. He never backs down from the highly touted guys or more intimidated by more experience. He's constantly training and trying to get new techniques. And if he keeps on ascending this way, he will be a star in this league. Alrighty, I went with Leon, Rocky Edwards. Uh, again, all the tools, you know, down to the flash and personality for better or worse. Uh, he's a guy that marches kind of to the beat of his own own drum, uh, but you can't deny the dog in him. And if the game's on the line, kind of like Brandon said with Izzy, I need someone to go up and get that last second Hail Mary pass. Um, who else do you want besides the king of last second uh, wins than Leon himself? Um, he's just got that, you know, that will to win. He knows how to win. Um, activity levels could be a concern over the stretch of a long season. Also have to worry about him getting jammed up or bullied by physical defensive backs. But I think with the right position coach, who can he, he can trust, build that relationship with, he can mentally overcome it and lose some of those small battles to help the team win a big game. That's why I'm going with Leon Rocky Edwards. That's our offense. That is our offense, and we are now moving to the defensive side of the ball, starting on the defensive line. And in the NFL, you're looking for size, the ability to get past offensive linemen, either through power or finesse, speed, tackling ability, and a little bit of a good trash talk game, right? If you've ever been down in the trenches, it's it's just all about jawing and talking crap. <laughs> Crap. And then as we pertain it to the mixed martial arts, what we are looking for is a big and athletic guy, powerful hands, good takedowns, and we'd like to see a little bit of the trash talk game as well. Brandon, who are you taking? Tom Aspinall. I feel like, again, another guy who checks almost all these boxes. I think back to his blast double he hits. He hit on Arlovsky, the one he hit on Volkov. I mean, I don't see many people who could, who could stop this guy from running through him. He's got great hands. He's very quick, but he's also got a lot of power that he carries. And he's got a decent, I don't know. I don't know if he's much of a trash talker. I don't know if I see him going down that road. But as he's far British, as the, dude. Every, every British guy can talk a little bit. But I, nothing stands out to me. I mean, Piss I, off. Like, yeah, that's all you got to say. <laughs> okay, that's all you got to say. Then, again, I guess. Shit off, Yeti Dog's cock. Right. <laughs> so he's a guy who definitely checks all these boxes in. Yanobind. So. Yeah. What? Yanobind. Some more. Bob's your uncle. He doesn't. I forgot. He doesn't like accents. I don't know why he picked Tom. Bob's your uncle. Aren't you like ninety five percent English or something? Uh, Seventy three. Oh. What? But he's like nine. He's like he's seventy three percent English, but he's more English than ninety five percent of English people. That's a, it's unreal. That's a conundrum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Tommy Aspinall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pick is Jelton Almeida. Um, I kind of compared him to like a DeForest Bunkner as far as being really long and rangy and fast. Um, he's a he got the ultimate NFL build as far as body and athleticism. Um, a rare a rare ability to use his speed as an edge rusher against guys the same size, and has the strength to get past some of the bigger guys in the middle. Uh, casual fans might not recognize his name, but coaches of his opponents lose sleep trying to game plan for him. His tackling ability is top tier, as is his effort. Um, he's relentless and restless when it comes to his rush. Has multiple moves. Um, he's not much of a trash talker and that could be because of the language barrier, but his ability to get you down and stay down is something that's very, very high. Um, the only thing is, is right now he's in a tweener position as he's fought in obviously two different divisions, but comparably it'd be like being an end or a defensive tackle, but it seems like he's wanting to stick out being in the middle. Um, so as he gets bigger and his speed translate, that should work out better for him. 
Um, while there still needs to see what happens when he runs into a wall, no one has been able to slow him down yet. No surprise for me. I'm going Johnny Bones Jones. It's literally in his DNA. His older brothers, Arthur and Chandler, both playing this position in the NFL. Uh, definitely looking at more of an edge rusher type here. You know, uh, so not so not so much on the interior side of things. Uh, but obviously, his athleticism and speed would just be a nightmare for offensive tackles. Once he gets his hands on the QB, takedown and finishing skills are next level. Um, and also, he's always willing to engage in a word, a word of wars or a war of words. I guess would be the more the better saying i guess still there uh yeah he doesn't always win them <laughs> but he's willing to go there <laughs> uh off the field character issues obviously could always arise but i think if you put him in a challenging and tight-knit system to kind of hold him accountable um he'll not only thrive but could also become a leader of the team kind of like um, a lawrence taylor type you know yeah absolutely were you gonna say something brandon nope okay i thought about it but no <laughs> He's holding that for next time. I heard your lips smack a little bit there, so I was waiting to hear what you had to say. Moving on, boys, to the linebacker position. In the NFL, they're looking for tackling ability, good size speed combo, ability to cover tight ends and running backs, um, and an unreasonable desire to kind of play through injury. So we're just looking for a tough guy here. Um, in terms of how we were relating that to mixed martial arts, we're looking for freakish strength, uh, speed that could compete at a smaller weight class, takedown ability, um, and maybe has fought through some injuries. You know, it's been on record as much. Uh, so with that, Brandon, who are you taking at your linebacker position? So this is a tough pick for me. A didn't totally understand linebacker's position. I thought you nailed it. Well, it's my good pick. So, so my pick was Drake lot, was duplicity. A lot better than John's. We're gonna get to John's in a minute. So go ahead. <laughs> well, my reasoning behind it again, like my understanding is these guys have to be like decently big and also like you said, very tough. And every time we see Drake, is he essentially loses the first round or the first half of a fight and gets you know, dominated, for lack of a better word, but then eventually comes back, powers through, and gets the W. So yeah. he's a guy who, you know, regardless of how the game's going, if they're down, he's the one who's going to have that energy in the last half to make something happen. And Yeah, kind of kind of like uh, when you sent it, I was like, oh, that's kind of like a Brian Urlacher, Luke Keekley, middle linebacker, not going to kill somebody with speed, but just a workhorse, yeah. just a dog, going to do his job. Absolutely. John, who'd you take at linebacker? I took Dan Hooker here. Uh, the hangman reminds me of a Bill Romanowski type where he's coming at you head first with no regard for his own health as long as he gets to you. Uh, he matches up with some bigger guys and even some smaller ones, doesn't shy away from contact, sometimes to his downfall, but you can never say he's never been in a play or stayed in a play. He's tall and rangy and trains with some of the best guys in the world, and on his best day, he's just as good as most guys in the league. Uh, you won't see him using form tackles, but you will see him hitting everything early and often, high and low. He's a general on the field and even has broken an arm. And If he broke his arm, he would still try to grab onto you and stop you. He's been on both sides of a beatdown plenty of times, so that's why he's not afraid to see his own blood. And if you're not careful, he'll take you out. Bill Romanowski, John, played at 6'4", 245 pounds. Just throwing that out but there. But here's my thing. My linebacker <laughs> no, is no, the I'm gonna, wolf. I, no, I'm going to say this because you bring up the size thing, but all of our running backs are like five foot, 130 pounds, 145 pounds. That's 100% pounds. normal. Running backs are 200 pounds, bro. Darren Sproles? Darren Sproles. Where's Darren Sproles now? There's not those type of – Those running backs aren't in the league anymore. Volkanovski Tariq Cohen? Where's he? 
Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears. He's like five six. But how how much does he weigh? Like one ninety. Okay, that's 50, 60 pounds more than what our running backs are weighing. All right, John, you take your five eight, one hundred fifty five pound middle linebacker. I'm not mad at you, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take Boars Hamzat Shimaev. Uh, this is the guy you want screaming across the middle, not one hundred fifty five pound Dan Hooker. Uh, super strong, super tough, great speed for his size as well. He's fought across weight classes. He could even keep going up, um, but he can keep up with the faster guys also super durable durable enough to compete with your tight ends fight through blocks from the o-linemen looking to get to the second level uh discipline could be an issue at a position that does require that you got to be patient you got to be poised and stick to an assignment and he can be alone he's the lone wolf for a reason uh but i think his recovery speed and speed and just all out intensity could kind of help make up for that as well that's why i went hamzat shimaev Moving on to the safety position uh, in the NFL, you're looking, which we did kind of, I moved this more to like just a defensive back because I didn't want it to be safety eccentric, but um, essentially you're just kind of looking for maybe a blend in terms of safety of a cornerback linebacker, uh, but kind of you're depending on which scheme you're running. That's kind of more what you're looking at. Uh, typically requires good tackling ability, good ability to read the field and determine where you should be to help, and just the ability to cover receivers, especially deep. Uh, good blend. And then as we pertain to and to mixed martial arts, the attributes that we're looking for for MMA is a good blend of size and strength, decent takedowns, but largely relies on dynamic striking to win, good chin, and then not afraid to kind of get into that firefight. So just a tough, scrappy guy. Uh, Brandon, who did you take? Corey Sanhagen. So I feel like as of late, too, with his wrestling, uh, what he's added into his, as far as wrestling into his fights is another thing. Like I could see him being the guy who's able to track people down, get a hold of them by the ankles, and just trip them up as soon as they're getting to wherever they're trying to go as far as down the field. Um, so you talked about the firefighter as well. Corey Sanhagen, not afraid to do that. He was in plenty of firefights as far as Peter Yon, just fought Rob Font. So Corey Sanhagen is my safety slash defensive back. John, who you got? I got Shavkat Rachmanov. Um, I said oftentimes DBs don't always have great stacks because quarterbacks don't throw their way. Um, or receivers don't try to catch stuff over the middle because they're afraid to get wiped out over a hit. And fear is a word I would associate with him. Uh, no one wants to match up with this guy. He'll hit you hard from all angles. He can tackle soundly. He makes plays. He isn't afraid to take a risk to cause a turnover because he can, knows he can recover. Um, he's not as popular as some of the other guys, but it's because he doesn't get as many opportunities because guys just aren't fighting him. Um, he really has no holes in his game, and he's my superstar on the team. Uh, although most of his matchup, his last matchup was a little bit closer, he still had his way. He'll blitz. He'll do all the things you want him to do. He matches up with guys, and he's almost begging for a challenge at this point. So I don't hate the pick, but you put the heavier guy at safety when he could have been your linebacker. Just flip the two. No, because you guys got 145-pound safeties. It doesn't, but I know, but it's typically a smaller position anyways. Cam but- Chancellor? I mean, there's definitely big ones. That's what I'm looking at. That's why I more switched it to defensive back because I didn't want it to be so specific. But I'm not saying he couldn't be, but why would you put a 155-pound guy at your linebacker and not your one? Because I want the speed. I want sideline to sideline speed, man. That's what Dan Hooker could give you. Right. That's what I want out of my linebacker. Which are uh, Shavkot. I meant Shavkot. Shavkot isn't going to be as fast as Dan Hooker, man. You would, who, Who's going to cover last, man, if you're defensive back? You want speed back there? He's still fast. He can go in between different weight classes as well. I'm just saying you're giving Brandon grief for not understanding positions, and I just feel like John is the football guy <laughs> putting up. Like, like, I'll say it's this. It's like a middle school team. I'll say this, too. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl, so. 
Take that I just beat you guys in the preseason. Suck it. You watch that? Yeah, because I'm a real fan. What's that I went Marlon Chito Vera. This guy brings a nastiness that you want at this position. Uh, obviously, super fast, super dynamic guy, super athletic as well. Um, but what I love most here is the durability. He's not afraid to get hit or hit. Possibly a little undersized, as I mentioned there, for the position, uh, but makes up for it in physicality. Takedowns also definitely are a bit of a weakness here. I think, but with a high IQ and just kind of a cerebral approaching kind of make up for that size deficiency and be trusted at this position um, he also really grows into a fight so expect the work rate to kind of go up in the later quarters he finds ways to finish late uh, when he's down on points so look out for game changing turnovers late when you need them the most and that's it boys that's our team I did have a, a quick bonus I put it in a punter oh yeah you did tell me and a kicker uh, my punter is Nate Landwehr uh, <laughs> swaggy trash talker ice in his veins will probably make his own tackles on his punts <laughs> And Wavy Davy Grant as the kicker. Never seen a kick he didn't like. Is never afraid to go for it. And is not afraid to put a hit on somebody on a kickoff. I, I love the Nate the Train tackling. <laughs> because I just see, I see him kicking it and just like hauling like a train Beating down. the long snapper Woo-hoo! and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. It was announced that the PFL has sold a minority stake in their company to the SRJ Sports Investments, a company launched earlier this month by Saudi Arabia's public uh, public investment fund. This aligns with rumors of investment by Saudi Arabian companies to help fund the PFL in its attempt of purchasing Bellator. Yeah, this is interesting. And I, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if either of you plan on ever traveling to Saudi Arabia, but I've always been told don't ever put anything negative out there about them because... You will go missing. Mm-hmm. Chances are, and I'm not even joking about that. Yeah, they're they, in the Olympics and stuff. Yeah, they track everything. Um, but I don't plan on traveling there. At least I hope not. Uh, but yeah, this is interesting, man. Uh, so like I kind of told you guys again with the soccer stuff is um, this has been a kind of a bit of an issue, you know, from them in in soccer as well. And and you know, I told you guys as well. You know, this is something the UFC definitely needs to keep an eye on because this is the same group of people um, as I told you guys that are buying soccer teams and turning them into world beaters. And we're talking like lowly, not that great big soccer teams. You know, we're seeing it now with in the Premier League with they bought Newcastle United um, and then turning them into a really good team. And then, um, you know, like PGA, I said, you know, with that live golfing, mm-hmm. they literally brought PGA to their knees, essentially. Um, we've seen them in like WWE and all this different stuff. Boxing. Boxing. Um, and they're they're very successful. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo plays in Saudi Arabia. I mean, mm-hmm. they're bringing all these soccer stars to Saudi Arabia, which historically has, I can't really compare it to anything. In America, I don't really know how I would, like, compare it. Um, But it's just, like, how would I... It'd be, like, okay, it'd essentially be, like, if... um the best players in the NFL started to go to the CFL, mm-hmm. the Canadian Football League, because Canadian Football League was just paying them stupid money. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of you guys saw, but these are the same people that offered Kylian Mbappe a quarter or half a yeah, billion, half a billion dollars to come play. Um, and the problem that you know a lot of like fans of these teams that they're buying and all these other things is there is a. Um, there's a human rights issues here, right? Mm-hmm. In Saudi Arabia, there's a lot of human rights issues. And even in this, there's a lot of, um, sports washing, which is an issue in soccer, not just with Saudi Arabia. Like I told you guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, uh, Roman Abramovich, who used to own Chelsea's, you know, Putin's right-hand guy, and bought them and did a lot of shady sports-washing stuff and, and different stuff like that. So I don't want to go too far into those weeds, but I will say uh, these people have money mm-hmm. to spend. I think I saw something that estimated the Saudi and Arabian government or, you know, however they do it over there to be worth about $700 billion. Yeah. And um, I mean, you see, you know, this is Bellator. It seems like this is their formula. Why they sign Francis, yeah. why they're trying to set up all this stuff is because they have this backer now. And once you bring in, you know, Bellator's lineup as well, you know, a lot of people might try to push this aside, but there's going to be a lot of great fighters under one roof over there. Yeah. If they end up pulling off this buy, it will take time. It's not yeah. something that's going to happen overnight. Again, you know, even with like the Newcastle United in the Premier League, they're not a world beater yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're spending a lot of money. I mean, they're getting better. Again, like with their Saudi soccer league, um, it's not the best yet. But again, when Cristiano Ronaldo, even for his age, goes and plays, Kylian Mbappe said no. You know, he still mm-hmm. he still wants to play in the NFL, so to speak. Right? You know, right. Um, he's not going to completely sell his soul, but. Um, Dude, I'm telling you, and it's only a hundred million, right? Yeah. Right now, uh, I mean, that could just continue. And I wonder how up. this influences some of the, you know, Islamic or Muslim fighters that train there well, already. They, well, they're gonna. They said they announced a regional thing, um, so they're gonna have their own PFL Middle East mm. um, in Africa. They're also gonna help support the African PFL Africa as well. Uh, so yeah, dude, it's going to be big for the Middle East in terms of mm-hmm. mixed martial arts, you know, and, and like I said, me and the UFC better watch out, dude, yeah. especially if they get Bellator, which is being heavily ruined, rumored that that's coming. That announcement literally could be coming anytime now. Um, it, this could be big for mixed martial arts, right. man, especially coming off of the big card of this is the end or whatever yeah. that Bellator is putting together. So everything is just starting to line up again. And like I said, they, they literally kind of just the way they just did. Think about how long the PGA has been around, mm-hmm. like what hundred years, probably. Yeah. Maybe more. And these guys are just like, you know what? We're going to start our own professional golf thing and took a bunch of the best golfers in the world. I'll pay you. I'll gave pay them you. stupid money you. to go play in their own league. Um, and now, like I said, brought the PGA to their knees, this established organization of over a hundred years. And we're like, with their tails tucked between their legs, kind of brought them back and right. was like, all right, maybe we can come back together and mm-hmm. figure this out. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling Money you. Money talks, man. Yeah, could be um, interesting. As we've already mentioned, um, the backup fighter for Stipe and Jones will be Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, I do want to bring up that he was also the backup for Jones and Gain, or Gone, so he's done this twice in a row now. Oh, so, so as um as because remember we talked about how curtis blades might feel because sergey got it over him before he'd got the win he gotten recently so just to put that out there as we've talked about these guys you know you do that a couple of times in a row seems like you're a lock so we'll see how that goes unfortunate aftermath for ufc 292 is we learned that chris weidman suffered a small fracture in his left leg during his fight with brad Tavares. just another testament of his toughness and grit um that weidman has but he also has this rough run of injuries was it was that which leg did you hurt the first time i believe it was the right leg that he hurt, broke yeah i think it was the other leg that he hurt this time yeah oh so just the other leg yeah, yeah. jeez um, after watching the Korean zombie go out on his own terms, Paul Felder has re-entered the testing pool, teasing of it a possible return, saying he did it just in case, which is interesting considering this Connor stuff is still up in the air. He, If they do make Connor do the six months, he'd probably have to do that same time period. Could line up, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Brendan Allen will be taking on Paul Craig as the main event for UFC Fight Night on November 18th. Um, good for Paul Craig. Yeah, I don't know. I told you guys, I mean... 
love the fight, yeah, but not the best main event. I said, who is going to be the co-main? <laughs> like, yeah, who do you co-main that? You know, that's a rough one. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, in some MMA slash jujitsu news, Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson participated in the IBJJF Masters World Championship and went six and zero as a brown belt, brown belt, and won gold. Also, former UFC fighter Gabriel Gonzaga won gold as well in the Black Belt Masters division. Yeah, that's so, so cool. And did it in the Gi, yeah. which is like even crazier for Mighty Mouse. I mean, this is a guy that full-time trains mixed martial arts. I doubt he spends much time in a Gi. Um, and then just went out there and won IBGJF Dude, I've seen the highlights, and he was hitting those just jumping arm bars on everybody. Yeah, dude. it's nuts, dude. It's nuts. Like, I don't think people understand, like, even at Masters, like, that's not easy to do because mm-hmm. a lot of these – old brazilian guys that's all they do i'm 260 pounds bro yeah it's just train and and geese specifically like even if it was no gi it's like oh yeah he does a lot of grappling but like to do it in a gi that's Mm -hmm. impressive man i mean that's really impressive so is that it yep that's all we got what do you got for song of the week john i have how do i have a screenshot of it uh hustle and motivate by nipsey hustle all righty Brandon, what's your one for the people? So my one for the people was actually going to be the Mighty Mouse thing. Talking about that was up on Flow. They posted like, I think, I don't think it was all six in the matches. I think it was like maybe four. Did you, Mm -hmm. there was like a 14 minute video they posted of a bunch of them and he talked a little bit about it. I just thought that was really cool. You can go up and see those matches and he's actually competing against guys who are trying to use the gi as well. It's not like all these guys are just playing half guard. Like there's lasso guards or turn up spider guards Mm -hmm. and he's just passed. I mean, he's utilizing gi jitsu as well. How much Um, time do you think he spends in a gi? Not much because one of the coaches, again, I don't know if you guys watched it, but one of his coaches said, yeah, he's literally out there learning as he goes right now because he doesn't, well, somebody said like imagine just being like a you know masters is what 30 and up right yeah, yeah. so imagine you, you know you're, you're training a couple of days a week <laughs> you're entering this tournament like man i might get a have a chance to get a couple rounds in and your first matchup is demetrius johnson <laughs> forget you train i mean imagine guys that again i'm sure he went against guys that yeah. train every day in a gi like and have for years yeah. At Brown Belt, you're talking at least seven years, six, seven years in the game. Right. I mean, that's nuts, dude. <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. Crazy. And people don't even understand how nuts it is, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody was well, like, oh, that's cool. He but. also he also, he also also said that he wants to start like competing a lot more consistently in yeah. the gi and like for jiu-jitsu. So he's looking at potentially like European. Uh, they have like, IBJJ does like European tournaments. And they there was one more he said. I can't remember. It's coming from Mikey, man. Yeah, but anyway, I want to see Mighty Mouse versus Michael Thomas, and that's what I want to see. First, Michael or Thomas. not Michael Thomas, because of Michael. That's right, Kyle Thomason. Sorry, oh. I was thinking of uh, something that happened Thursday. Oh god, with the flooring. Yeah, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so funny. Yeah, no, Kyle Thomason. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, Maya, one for the people is just football's back. Couldn't Can't be wait. more excited, man. Um, college and pros, but even our own local. They're three and zero. Had a good game last week or this week. So just excited. John famously on this podcast said Jonathan Taylor going nowhere. Jonathan Taylor will definitely not. Where's be he at? He's definitely not going to play here. for the Indianapolis Colts this year. He's that is for sure. Here. <laughs> but John, John definitely uh, said on this podcast he's not going anywhere, and he didn't. Not yet, but he's definitely on the way. You never know. Do that, or he's going to do absolutely <laughs> Money nothing. Money talks. <laughs> 
don't think he likes your owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one for the people. Like just make sure you come back this Friday to the MMA Underground YouTube channel uh, and check out the kickback, baby. We'll be there yes, live to get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for UFC 293. And then we'll be back next Monday to recap that card and get you set up for whatever's next. Until then, we'll see you guys. Peace. Peace.